How y'all doing? Everybody good? Today we're going to talk about waiting, which is uh, one of the most uh, unintuitive things that we do as followers of Christ because it's difficult, and so we're going to kind of we're going to get into it. And I almost I thought about, hey, what I'll do is the music will stop and everything will stop, and then I'll make you wait for me to come up here. Except I knew that that would make me so mad if I was you that I wouldn't listen to anything else. So I didn't do that to you, but. Um, we're looking at a, a different word every week, and we're working through, hey, if we could apply these things to our lives, it would make our life better. Last week we talked about yes, and I just wanted to give you kind of an update on what happened with yes. Yes was a lot about, hey, uh, God says a great big old yes to us, so we can say a great big old yes to other people. And part of saying yes to other people, we talked about last week, was um, sometimes you have to be patient with people. And you, you give them way, you know, that kind of thing. And so on, um, on Friday, I had an opportunity to be patient with somebody. And I forgot how hard that is. And the whole time, I wanted to not be patient. I was remembering that verse from Hebrews that says, um, there have been people who have entertained angels unaware. And so I, I was like, I'm not sure. I don't think she's an angel, but I really need to be nice to her. So uh, I know these messages, at least if you, don't, if you get nothing out of it, it's helped me. Uh, we're going to be flying this coming week, and um, Elise said that she said that story you told about getting in the aisle first on an airplane last week. I said, "Yeah." She said, "Well, this this coming week we're going to be on an airplane, so we can do that, right?" And it's like, no, that applies to those people. That doesn't apply to me. I mean, this is just dumb. But it applies to all of us. And so today we're going to talk about waiting. And I don't know about you, but waiting isn't one of my favorite things. Um, Have you ever been, just, I'm just going to ask a question, have you ever been to a fast food restaurant that wasn't fast, and you said internally, what part of fast do you not get? I mean, has anybody ever done that other than me? Have you ever been in a traffic light? And when when the light turns green, how, what, what, for you, how many seconds should they wait before they go? Half a second, okay. That's a little too long. Um... (laughs) I think of it like if you've ever watched a drag race, they do the lights, you know, they have red, 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 yellow, yellow, green, and as soon as green happens, you're supposed to go. I am borderline psychotic when people do not go. And so, and I have daughters. Anybody ever have daughters? And it used to annoy the life out of me when they would make me wait. And they would say stupid stuff like, we were just getting our hair fixed. It's like, well, that's why God made hats. I mean, you don't really have to have your hair fixed. So we're going to take a mini stress test. This isn't where you get on the treadmill or anything. But we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you two scenarios. And we're going to have ABC options. And you'll see how you do. Okay, that's what we're going to do. All right, so you're at a drive through window at Wendy's. Getting some chili because it's that time of season, right? Oh, woo, I got a woo. Okay, good. All right. The driver of the car in front of you is having an extended conversation with the food hander outer. I don't know the technical term, but that's what we're going to call him, the food hander outer. Okay, so here's the scenario. You're in the car, and the car in front of you has just received their food, and then they're talking. Now, they've already gotten their food. The money has been exchanged. This is just social, okay? You know it. They know it. You're waiting. Okay, so what do you do? A, you're happy for them. They're probably both students. They're talking about homework, right? 
how to get good grades, and you're all about the kids and education. That's A. B, they seem to be fun-loving people, so you get out of your car, and you go up and you invite them to church because we're fun-loving people, and they're fun-loving people, and it'd be a good merge. C, you attempt to drive your car between their vehicle and the uh, food window. You try to squeeze in. All right, anybody a C? Anybody got a C? All right, scenario two. You're sitting in the waiting room of your doctor's office, at the doctor's office, for two hours. So you've had a little bit of a wait there. Um, you have a couple of options. Number A, a letter A. <laughs> I know it's not a number. It's okay. Uh, you're grateful for the chance to catch up on the 1993 Reader's Digest in the waiting room. B, in an effort to clear the waiting room, you begin telling other patients that you have a highly contagious disease. And you wonder why it's taken so long to get you in. Uh, or C, if you're dramatic, um, you uh, fake hyperventilation so they'll get you back first. Uh, anybody a B on that? I think Dwayne was a B. Okay. Now, every week, probably every day, you have opportunities to wait. Let me tell you what I did last night. Um, my wife and I, we went out to dinner, Kentucky, they're, they're doing pretty good in football this year, and so I recorded it so I could watch it when I got home. Now, you don't have to know what happened in the game other than we really stunk for about uh, 59 minutes, and the last minute we won. I mean, it was just like we were bad, 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 win. Uh, that's kind of how that worked. Unfortunately, on my recording thingy, um, it quit at three hours. Would you like to know when the win thing happened? After three hours, evidently, because I watched it all. I mean, I waited. I watched the whole stupid bad part. And when it got to the part where we win, I, I don't have that. So we encounter these sorts of things all the time. So, and, and many of them are much more serious than missing the end of a ball game or having to wait in line for fast food. I mean, some of us are waiting... <laughs> Single people are waiting to find somebody to, to marry. I mean, that's, that's a tough wait. And I've got daughters, one that just got married, and I've got two that are old enough to get married. And that's a tough wait for, for single people. I get that. And, and some people are waiting. They're, they're married, but they can't have children. And they're waiting on God to give them children. And that's, that's a tough wait. And if you're a parent and you've got a prodigal kid and they're off in the far country and you're praying for them, that is a really difficult wait because you're praying and you're hoping and, and it doesn't seem like anything's happening. There are difficult seasons of waiting that we go through. And these little ones, we get annoyed. You can imagine if I get annoyed at a little stupid thing like a traffic light. What happens to my spirit and my soul when I have to wait for God to do something that I really, really know is important? Like my kid coming back to or finding somebody to marry, or I've got a spouse that's a jerk, or I need a job and I can't find one. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that goes on. Now, I want to read you a quote. This is by a guy named Lewis Smedes, a Christian. He writes, Waiting is our destiny. As creatures who cannot by themselves bring about what we hope for, we wait in the darkness for a flame we cannot light, and we wait in fear for a happy ending that we cannot write. We wait for a not yet that feels like a not ever. So today we're going to talk about what do we do when we wait. So number one, the truth about waiting. It, it is our destiny. 
And I'm going to show you a verse. In Scripture, there are verses that are, are warm and fuzzy and they make you feel good. And then there are these kind. This one says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. And I just really don't like to wait. And I sure don't want to wait patiently. I can wait if you make me, but it's not, I'm not going to be patient. And yet, throughout Scripture, over and over and over again, we see story after story of people who are made to wait. There's a guy named Abraham. Abraham, his name was Abram when he encountered God, and, and God says to him, you're going to be the father of a great nation, and he was 75 years old. And by father, he meant physically, you're going to father a great nation. And if you're 75 years old, one would assume that's going to happen fairly quickly. And yet it took 24 years. And when you're 75, I would assume, again, I'm just making an assumption, that you'd want that to happen relatively soon. And yet it didn't happen relatively soon. And, and God's people, the Israelites, were enslaved. And God said, I'm going to deliver you. And they were all like, oh, sweet. And it, it took 400 years. It, it just doesn't happen very quickly. And then they're delivered from, from the Egyptians and the promised land is right there, and it takes 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to get into the promised land. It's wait after wait after wait. And, and then there's the promise of the Messiah. Hey, the Messiah is coming. There's somebody who's going to really deliver us. And yet Jesus came, and most people didn't even notice. Now, there were a couple. There's a guy named Simeon, and Simeon lived in Jerusalem, and he was a good man that truly worshipped God. And Simeon was waiting for the time when God would come to help Israel. He was waiting. And then you have uh, Anna. And Anna was a prophetess and she lived in the temple. And she had, uh, she, it says she's a very old woman. She had been married seven years and a widow for 84. And she's really an old lady. And she never left the temple and she worshiped there night and day and she fasted and prayed. And at the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to talk about God and to praise God. And she talked about the child to all who were waiting. The problem is, they were waiting for a Messiah, they just didn't see him. And so Jesus shows up, and the first thing his disciples start to ask him, are, are you about to restore our country? Are, are you going to deliver us now? Because we've been waiting a long time for deliverance, and what they wanted was somebody to politically and militarily deliver them. And, and, and Jesus, that, wasn't, that wasn't, his, wasn't his jam, that wasn't what he was there for. And, and so, he, he dies, and they think, oh my word, this Messiah wasn't a Messiah. And then he, he's raised to life, and, and they're excited about this. And the first question they ask is, are you going to deliver us now? And Jesus says, go to Jerusalem, and then guess what he tells them to do? Go to Jerusalem and wait. And the Holy Spirit comes on them. And now they're thinking, oh... This must be it. Now Jesus is going to do something great. He's going to deliver us. He did some great things, but he's going to, he's going to deliver us from, from the Romans. And it just didn't happen. And it's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and even in Scripture throughout, it's this message. We who are followers of Christ groan inwardly while we wait. We wait for the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. God, over and over, asks us 
to wait. And we sort of want rollade answers to prayer, you know, like instant, uh, instant answers, and they just don't always come. So number one, what we have to understand is waiting is our destiny. This is how we're wired, and God's timing is perfect, and God's timing is rarely the same as ours. Super important to understand that. God's timing is perfect. It's just not often the same timing that we have. It's perfect, just not ours. So what do we do while we wait? Well, Jesus one time said, I'm coming soon. This is the next to last verse in Scripture. Jesus said, I'm coming soon. And the guy that wrote Revelation is a guy named John. And John says, amen, you're coming soon. Come, Lord Jesus. It's like, yeah, come on. Because this is our, this is the way we respond to stuff. God says, this is what I'm going to do. And we think, well, do it now. Just do it right away. So why does he make us wait? Well, there's a couple reasons. One is that while we're waiting, we can be productive. Now, we choose. I either choose to be productive or I, I, I'm not. But if I understand during the waiting I can be productive, this makes a difference in how I respond to when I have to wait. Because here's the deal. Waiting is part of the process of becoming God what, what God wants me to, to be so that when whatever it is he wants to give me happens, I'm ready for what that is. See, biblical waiting isn't just like waiting at a bus stop. You can do some things while you wait. I've encountered people who are struggling financially. And they'll say stuff, well, we're just waiting on the Lord to deliver us. Like, well, that's great, but why don't, you, why don't you stop spending more than you make? I mean, there's some work you can do. Why don't you develop some habits that will get you out of financial problems? And yes, God can deliver us from this miraculously, but He also wants us to work to get ourselves in a better position so that He can give us what we're waiting on. But another thing is, it, it's... Waiting is about, do I trust that God has my best interest at heart? Do, do I trust that He knows what He's doing? And, and so it's stuff like, okay, God, I, I hear you, and I think what you're telling me is you want me to give. But I'm scared to give. And so do I trust, I, I'm gonna, God, I'm going to give even though it's difficult to give because I really think that you're going to provide for me. Do I trust that God has my best interest at heart. Now, do, here I am and I'm single and, and I, the message is all over the place that if you hook up, that's going to make you, that's going to fulfill you as a person. Are you willing to say, no, 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 I'm going to wait. And even though everybody around me and the world kind of has this message for me, I'm going to wait because I know that's what God wants me to do. Can you, will you have the, the ability to trust that God knows what he's doing and that you can wait. I had a conversation with a young man recently, and he said, you know, I was looking for a godly girl to marry, and I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. And so while I waited, I became the kind of man that a godly girl would want to marry. And I gave away some things, and I took off some things, and I stopped doing some things that I knew weren't creating the character in me that a godly woman would be looking for. I prepared myself for a godly woman. Because you can, you can settle. People settle. I mean, it happens sometimes. I, I read about a woman that she, she settled. Let, let me read what she wrote. Uh, 
By the way, the first, first service, they didn't laugh at this, so I'm going to give you a heads up. This is a little bit funny, okay? All right, I just want to prep you a little bit, okay? Even if it's not funny to you, you should help me, uh, really. That's a gift from you to me, so this is good. All right, ready? Here we go. Halfway, she writes, halfway through a romantic dinner at a cozy little restaurant, my husband smiled and said, you look so beautiful under these lights. It's not that wasn't the funny part. Okay. <coughs> but I appreciate your effort. Thank you. She said, I was falling in love with him all over again. Now, remember, he said, you look so beautiful under these lights. And then he said, we got to get us some of these lights. So it was about the lights. See, that's funny. That's funny. It's subtle humor. And uh, not everybody gets that. Only really smart people get it. So good. Uh, it's good for you. All right. The question is, do I trust? Will I trust that God has my best interest at heart? Because this is really, really important. God is making me wait. It, there must be a reason. Do I trust his reasoning. I, I might not understand his reasoning, but do I trust him? L look at this verse. An another verse about waiting. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. God isn't hurried. You, you probably know that old joke about the economist, and he reads this verse, and he encounters God, and he says, Oh, God, I, I read a verse, and it seems that... For you, a thousand years is like a minute. Is that right? And God says, yes. He said, well, then it would make sense to me that a million dollars for you is like a penny. Is that right? And God said, well, yeah, I guess that's right. And the, the economist says, well, can I have a million dollars? Can I have one of those pennies? And God says, we well, have to wait a minute. It's, a, it's, a, it's an old, it's old. Oh, good, good. You get, you, you're catching on. Great. I really don't have anything else funny. Uh, so um, any other laughter is just token, and I appreciate it. Okay. But here's the deal. We want God's resources, but we don't want His timing. This is a real struggle for us. God, I want you to bless me the way I want. I just want it when I want it, and I really don't want to wait on it. I want His resources, but I don't particularly want His timing. And here's what I know about God. His timing is always perfect. I read an article a couple weeks ago by a guy named uh, Henry Nowen. He, he passed away a few years ago, but he became friends with some trapeze artists like this. Now, in trapeze, you've got a catcher and you've got a catchee. Um, of the two, which would you prefer being? I do not want to be this. Because there is this incredible moment of vulner vulnerability, it's easy for me to say, where you're just... You're just flying free, and somebody's got to catch you. Now, there's a lot of responsibility being the catcher. And now one had this conversation with these folks that were trapeze artists, and they said, Here, the trick to this is that the catch, the catch E can't catch the catcher. Does that make sense? You just have to kind of relax, and you let the catcher catch you. Because if you try too hard to get caught... A lot of times you fall. And I'm pretty certain that's not what you want to do when you're on the trapeze, is fall. You have to let the catcher catch you. And it's this picture of, okay, God, I trust you, and I'm waiting, and it's a process, and I'm going to be vulnerable. And when your timing is right, you let me know. Because this is the, the truth of the matter is, waiting on the Lord requires this great amount of humility. I'm just going to humble myself and wait 
and I'm not in charge, and I'm waiting on you because you're in charge. Because it says in Scripture, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For you, I lift up my soul. And this verse is about, hey, you're in charge, and I'm not. So let me give you some truth about waiting. A couple things here. Number one, the single most important activity for people who are waiting is to pray. It's not to worry. It's not to fret. And there are a couple reasons why it's important to pray. Number one, it calms my spirit. As I pray, I'm reminded that God is in control. As I pray, I'm reminded that I'm not in control. And it calms my spirit. And really, honestly, worry should be a trigger toward prayer. If you find yourself worrying about something, it's like, okay, well, I shouldn't worry about it. Let me pray about it. It, it calms me. The second thing is, it tunes me into God's voice. The, the, way you, the way you know a person's voice is by being around the voice, by, by listening to them. We don't have a landline anymore, but we used to. And it would always just make me so mad. Somebody would call, and I would answer, and they would say, Miriam? no, uh, you know, no, it's Joseph. Uh, you know, you, now, now you're like manly up because they, they called you a girl. You know, it's like, I don't want that. Dwayne, you never had that, have you? Dwayne has never had that. Dwayne, say something real loud. Hello. See, see, he's like Lurch. Uh, and it's, uh, never, never heard that. We, we, we recognize voices of people that we're around. So when I'm praying, I, I can know God's voice. This is incredibly important. And here's something else you need to know about God's voice. It is never frantic. We, we get upset, we get worried, we get crazy. God never gets frantic. If, if you're all uptight... It's not the voice of God helping you with that or telling you that. God's voice is never frantic. Jesus put it this way. My sheep hear my voice. The shepherd's job is to calm the sheep. So so God's voice in your spirit is going to be calming. It's going to be all right. What do mothers do with babies that are not calm? They calm them. It's okay. It's all right. Have you seen a child fall and scrape their knee? And what does mama say? It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. The voice of God is, it's going to be okay. Because here, we live in a society where the higher up you are, the less you have to wait. If the president is in Air Force One and he's about to fly off from someplace, he doesn't wait for all the other planes to go. They push him to the front of the line. When Beyonce shows up at the beauty parlor, they push her right to the front. I, I know this to be the case. When, when, um, when Drake shows up at McDonald's, because you know he eats there, uh, to get his Happy Meal, he goes right to the front of the line. Because when you're important, you don't have to wait. Here's the thing about us. As I wait, I'm reminded. I'm, I'm not in charge. I, there is a creator, and he is working on me, and he's working in me, but he's not working for me. He, he's working on me. He's changing me, and he's working in my spirit to change me, and he's changing my character. But he doesn't work for me. Here's what God is doing while we're waiting. He's making preparation. 
couple of weeks ago, uh, a week ago, let's see, a week, it's been a week and two days, um, we had a wedding. Now, anybody that's ever been involved in a wedding, and by involved, I mean like you've planned one, you know, that's a, it's like there are armies that go to war with less planning than a wedding. I mean, weddings are just, you got to figure out flowers, it's crazy. Here's my advice to everybody, elope, uh, that's my advice to you, okay. Anyway, so uh, we knew people were coming in. So typically at my house, it's, it's me, my wife Miriam, and Elise, our 12-year-old daughter. We, we call that perfect. You know, that's perfect. Now, uh, what happened that one week was that we had more people. We had all the daughters, so that's four daughters, not just one, not the sweet one, but those other three. Uh, we had all them in the house. My mother-in-law, I shouldn't even say uh, what I want to say. Uh, then uh, Janelle had a couple of other bridesmaids. So it's me, four daughters, two more girls, my mother-in-law and my wife. Me and eight women. I know, I should get pity. Uh, really, that was, I went in my room and sat in a corner in the fetal position. I, I, I just, I was afraid. This fear uh, made me go there. Okay. Before all these people showed up, <laughs> my, my wife is a great hostess. She, she got things ready. So we trucked in some food, extra food, because they eat. And, um, and we made the beds. It's not like we don't always make the beds, but we made extra beds, and we made sure that was great. And she put flowers in the room, because that's the kind of thing she does, and little candies. And, and she made it awesome for the, all the guests that were coming, because she was getting it ready before they got there. When they got there, it was great. Okay. So God is getting it ready while we get there. He, he's preparing, and it's going to be great. you got to know, it's going to be great. He's preparing it, and it's going to be great. And so now I begin to think, well, God, where are you? Why, are, why aren't things happening? And, and here's one of my favorite verses. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so, oh, so oh, we get all worried, and then it's like, okay, okay. God is making preparation, and it's going to be great. And I'm reminded, God's making preparation, and it's going to be great. And, and so the question of the day is this. We, we, went, we end all these with a question. How are you doing at waiting on God? Because it's super important to understand that while we're waiting, God is making preparation for us. And it's going to be great while we wait God prepares, and it's going to be great. Let's pray, and then we have a special treat. So just hold on. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that sometimes you give us the opportunity to wait and help us to be people who can wait patiently. We love you, and we pray, God, that we would be reminded that while we wait, you're making preparations, and it's going to be great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.